Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. All right, Ed, thanks very much. Let's get to our guest, Dennis Gartman, chairman of the University of Akron's Endowment Investment Committee and the retired editor and publisher of the Gartman Letter. Dennis, thanks very much for being with us. We're hearing some debate even among those who see recession coming. Uh, They agree on that, but some see it as short and shallow. Others are saying it could be much deeper and longer lasting. Now, I know you're bearish on equities. Do you favor the latter thesis? I tend to favor the former thesis. I think it'll be short. I think it'll be far less dramatic than, than the recession of 2008 and nine. I think it'll be something similar to the recessions that we saw in the late 60s and early 70s. I don't think it'll be terribly severe. Uh, I think that the unemployment rate will go to 5 5.5% before it's done. And the only dis- disconcerting circumstance that I see happening is that there will be a, uh, a, a rise in, in, in uh, job uh, payments in, in salaries and in earnings That'll, that'll constrict uh, earnings of uh, corporations. But I don't think the recession is going to be terribly severe. And I don't, uh, I'm not lying awake at night quaking that there's going to be something similar to 2007, 8, and 9. It'll be demonstrably less uh, severe than that. Dennis, does that mean that uh, the Federal Reserve is more, uh, let's say, prone, perhaps, or should I say, is it uh, easier for them now to make a policy mistake? The Fed always makes policy mistakes, Rashad, and they'll make another policy mistake this time. It's just a matter of how severe shall the mistake be. Uh, I think the overnight Fed funds rate gets to five and a quarter, maybe five and a half at the terminal level. But then the real question shall be how long shall it be before the Fed begins to ease monetary policy? And if I've learned anything in the 48 years of being involved with watching markets and trading markets, commenting upon markets and watching Fed policy, if I've learned one thing, it's that when the Fed begins to change monetary policy, when it goes from easing to tightening, or from tightening to easing, it takes rates much farther and makes them last much longer than anybody, even even the most radical amongst us at the at the shifting point, wants to anticipate. So I think that the Fed takes the overnight Fed funds rate to five and a quarter, five and a half, and and we may well get there in mid 2023. But I think it could be mid 2024 before they even consider, at a for a moment easing monetary policy. I think they'll end up keeping the rate at that level for a long period of time and probably surprise a lot of people in the process of doing so. Well, that's the thing. It it depends on how you define a mistake, I suppose, because the markets at the moment, as you say, are seeing the Fed retreating from a peak in rates next year, whereas the the chair himself is is maintaining that rates will stay higher for longer. And if you do that, if you keep them higher for longer and it causes a recession, but you beat inflation, to some it would be a mistake, to some it would be victory. (laughs) <laughs> very, very good, very good statement. I think that's exactly the way you should look at it. To some, it'll be a mistake. To some, it shall be victory. If you're trying to fight inflation, it'll be a victorious. It'll be a victory. If you're trying to stave off recession, it'll be a. You, you will lose the so, war. So, so Dennis, which would be the better mistake it, in your view? 
that I, I think defeating inflation would be the better mistake. I think yeah. one hates to see that uh, anybody loses their job, and, and one hates to see an unemployment go from three and a half to five and a half percent. One hates to see any weakness in the economy whatsoever. But I think we need to see a, a modest recession to to eke out the inflation rate, and I, I think that's the the better course of action. We'll see if that's the course that they follow. <clears throat> Mr. Powell, pardon me, I have a very bad cold, so I'm losing my voice. But Mr. Powell has made it abundantly clear that rates will stay, as you said, higher for longer than anybody wants to, to, to anticipate. And I think it will be at least 2024 before we see any sign of a movement from the other direction of easing the overnight Fed funds rate. Plus, we have the fact the Fed has a, a nine, well, almost now about an 8.4, 8.6 or $8.7 trillion balance sheet that they have to run back down to 4 to $5 trillion before it's done taking $95 billion out of their assets over the course of the next four or five years, which I think will be deleterious to share prices generally anyway. So it's the the Fed, the, the, the economy has to fight a, a Fed that's going to be tightening policy for a longer period of time than anybody right now wants to anticipate. Well, I was going to ask exactly that point. Do you think that the uh, effect of quantitative tightening is not really at the moment perhaps uh, being uh, factored in? I don't think it's being talked about. It should be talked about more seriously. I think it's far more serious than people want to anticipate, people want to think, <clears throat> and that people give it credit for. So I think that the fact that they're going to take and, and, and they have to be consistent about it because they've made, they've made the statement that that's what they're going to do. They're going to be taking $95 billion out every month. That's as if you've taken your foot off the gas pedal for a long period of time. The car will slow down. It has to. It can't do otherwise. We have a lot of changes that are in our midst at the moment, which could really affect what the the, the Fed's work is. Uh, one thing is this move of reshoring and friendshoring. Uh, one would 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 think, I, I guess, that that is inevitably inflationary because yes. the whole reason you were producing in China and Vietnam is it was it was cheaper. I mean, it was reliable, it but more. it was cheaper. You bring it home, it'll be more costly. Um, the the other thing is that maybe the the economy, because of the pandemic, is restructuring, and it takes a while for that to play out. And then the supply chains, and then there's China coming back to perhaps full growth with reopening. <laughs> so it's a lot to it's a lot to consider. You think the next 12 months is just really going to be bumpy? I think the next 12 months will be bumpy. I don't think there'll be I don't think it'll be deep potholes, but I think there'll be potholes along the way. The car will bounce as we go down the street. I, I think that expecting China to do better. And to do demonstrably better is an ill-advised expectation. They they have extreme problems over there, demographic problems that are not going to go away for 20 and 30 and 40 years, and real estate problems that are not going to go away for a decade. <coughs> so I think that we're going to see China be far slower than people anticipate. And the reshoring of <coughs> – please excuse me, I'm sorry – and the reshoring of uh, – uh, of production of chips, of steel, of automobiles is going to be something that's going to be with us for a long period of time. My wife and I argue about that all the time. She thinks we should reshore. I think we should uh, have uh, continued to do what we've been doing for the past 20 years, which was to globalize. But right now, I'm losing that argument. And losing your voice, hopefully not, actually, <laughs> <laughs> Dennis. Um, now, so where does that leave you if you are an investor? I mean, the whole sort of growth versus value debate perhaps is a bit redundant now. What's your take? I'm very, I've been bearish of stocks since January of this, of this year. And as the chairman of the University of Akron's endowment, I got us to move 5% of our portfolio, which in an endowment is a big move. I got us to move 5% of our endowment out to, to conserve spending capabilities, and I got us to move 3% of the portfolio into gold a year and a half ago to hedge against inflationary risks. I, In my own account, I'm, I'm 
reasonably bearish of the equities market, not overtly so. I've been wrong now for the past uh, eight weeks. I've been right for the past 11 months. I think that the rally that we've gone through since the early, uh, late, uh, late September, early October has been nothing more than a low-volume bear market rally that'll, that probably saw its highs in the course of the past several days. And so I'm quite bearish of share prices. We'll see what happens. I've been, like I said, I've been wrong for the last eight weeks. I've been right for the last 11 months. We'll see if the rightness of the 11 months trumps the eight-week eight uh, uh, eight week problem that I've had. You don't like equities. You do like gold. Do you like bonds yes. here? I'm ambivalent to the bond market. I own a lot of two-year notes from my own account, uh, and I've been buying them for the past several weeks. When you get over four, four and a half, four and three-quarter percent, four and a half percent, I think two-year notes make a, a great place to store cash. So I have a large position in my own account in two-year notes. I don't want to extend out the yield curve. I don't want to go anywhere past the five-year, to be blunt. So I'm neutral of the bond market, bearish of stocks, and very bullish of gold. And that's the position I have on in my own account. That's the position I moved the University of Akron's endowment to. Dennis, thank you so much for joining us. Dennis Gartman there. Hope you feel better. Uh, Chairman of the University of uh, Akron's Endowment Investment Committee and retired publisher of the Gartman Letter and his take on the markets. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.